And welcome to the Midas Touch Network, our continuing coverage of the utter MAGA Republican humiliation taking place on the floor of the House of Representatives. This is a continuation of our live coverage from earlier today. After the sixth roll call vote, uh, the proceedings were adjourned. There were discussions uh, taking place uh, to see I suppose if Kevin McCarthy was going to just keep on losing uh, all throughout the night. So they are now back after adjourning. Members of Congress are trickling in right now. And frankly, I don't think anyone really knows what to expect right now. Well, Kevin McCarthy, uh, when he exited the office that he's essentially squatting in, why don't we just pull up this clip right now of what we saw Kevin McCarthy say as, as he was leaving, saying that he doesn't want to have a vote tonight. He says that there are ongoing discussions, but he doesn't want to have a vote tonight. So let's just play this clip of Kevin McCarthy. You know, I think it's probably best um, let people work through some more. I, I, think, uh, I don't think vote tonight. Does any okay. different? But I think voting in the future will. Do you have a? I mean, do you have a deal with those guys right now? No, not really yet, but a lot of progress. Does that mean no vote tonight? I, I don't think voting tonight is productive. I think uh, let people work a little more. Because I don't think voting tonight will be productive. But what will be productive is going to the House floor right now. And then I want to welcome our guests. I think they're doing a prayer on the House floor. But I want to welcome our guests and our co-hosts right now from Legal AF. This is the normal time when Legal F takes place. And since we don't know what to expect, this is now becoming tonight's Legal AF. We will break down the legal news. Uh, let's pause for this moment of prayer, and then let's bring in uh, our two co-hosts. Race and creed that collectively we would serve as a city on a hill, a light to the world, revealing the strength and nobility to be found in our union. Remind us that we fulfill this divine mission only when we acknowledge that we are meant to function as one body. Nothing you ordain can be accomplished without the trust in and respect for each other. You have graced each of us differently with passion and compassion, insight and oversight, voice and vote, that we would use these gifts to build up the larger body, which is these United States. Deliver us from intransigence and impudence. Free us from fear and control. That in our deliberations this night, the light that shines from the dome above us would clearly reflect the commitment we each make to freedom, justice, and peace in our world. In the name of our guardian, guide, and stay, we offer our prayer. Amen. We bring back in our co-host now, Karen Freeman, the Michael Popak. Let's listen in to what's going to happen. And announces to the House the approval thereof. Representatives elect are invited to join in the Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. 
For what purpose does the gentleman from Oklahoma seek I move that we adjourn until noon tomorrow. The question now occurs on the motion of the gentleman from Oklahoma. Those in favor say aye. aye. Those opposed say no. For what purpose does the gentleman from California Madam Clerk, I ask for the yeas and nays. Oh, snap. They're doing a count right now. <laughs> you know who I Have love? It the yeas ben and nays are Cheryl order. Johnson, clerk of the original 117th Congress. It has to lay over the yeas and administer nays are this proceeding because there's no Speaker of the House. A sufficient number have been risen. The yeas and nays are ordered. Members will record their votes by electronic device. So now what we are going to see is if those uh, 20 or 21 or so uh, MAGA Republicans who have been blocking Kevin McCarthy, whether they are going to vote against the adjournment whether they are going to force the vote right now so that Kevin McCarthy can be further humiliated. To be clear, Kevin McCarthy wants the adjournment right now. Why does he? Why do we know that? How do we know Kevin McCarthy wants the adjournment? He said he did as he was walking on to the House floor. Let's play the clip of Kevin McCarthy saying that he did want the adjournment. Let's play that clip again. Guys, stop at the threshold. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably best. Um, sorry. Let people work through some more. I, I think uh, I don't think voting tonight does any different. I think voting in the future will. Do you have a? I mean, do you have a deal with those guys right now? No, not really yet, but a lot of progress. Does that mean no vote tonight? I, I don't think voting tonight is productive. I think uh, let people work a little more. And in contrast, let me tell you, this is what Matt Gates had said out when he left Kevin McCarthy, who was basically squatting in the speaker's house and he's, he called him out for that he goes i am never going to vote for this person let's play uh what matt gates had said let's play this clip in some way to try to divide our conference but look he's a desperate guy whose vote share is dropping with every subsequent vote and i'm ready to vote all night all week all month and never for that person so i'll tell you what when he comes out and heads back to his squatting in the speaker's office, which why is he even allowed to be there? Like, is there some basis in law or statute or rule for someone who comes in second place in six consecutive speaker races to be able to? Karen, your reaction. 
It's amazing to watch the Republicans implode like this. The Republicans usually circle circle the wagons around each other. And to watch the dysfunction here is really, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of watching uh, Parliament, you know, in, in the UK, when you, you see the English Parliament and, and you see how, how boisterous and loud and and you know how how they can get very animated it feels a little bit like that right now um so yeah it's sort of super super uh interesting to watch this historic moment of not electing a speaker and to learn how important a speaker is to uh to you know just the functioning of congress you know it's it's not just the the titular head of the party it's really you need to elect a speaker to make rules to um, make appointments to even swear in the new members of congress it's it's just very interesting how it's a very important thing that they're going to have to do and and i wonder whether the republicans are going to be able to find someone or whether this is a great opportunity. Some people are saying for a consensus person reach across the aisle and get someone moderate that the Democrats could work with and and see if there could be someone like that rather than being pulled further to the right and and McCarthy having to make concessions to get these crazy 20 or 21 people to uh, agree to vote for him. So it'll, it'll just be really interesting to watch what happens. And here's the thing. I mean, McCarthy in and of himself is a crazy MAGA extremist as well. So we're just talking about degrees here. Popak, what are you uh, looking for right now? And what are your observations? Well, just offer your clips. I think that Matt Gates is full of you know what. You know, I, I know what a cluster F is. I didn't know what a Congress F is until I watched this. They are all behind to the cameras. They're saying, I'll never vote for that guy. But it's well reported that behind the scenes, they're all negotiating to try to get subcommittee and committee gavels for themselves, including Matt Gates. And you'll see Matt Gates standing up and supporting Kevin McCarthy if it gets him the gavel that he's looking for on armed services or one of the other ones. That's the problem. Right now, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy has to sell himself off digit by digit, finger by finger and, and toe by toe. Um, there won't be much of a Kevin McCarthy left standing for the deals that he has to make to put people into these committee positions and to kowtow. One of the major rules that, they, that he's considering is to guarantee that he'll step down after two years, make himself instantly lame duck. Just give him the gavel for now, but that he'll turn it back over. I mean, I, even the Republicans have to be longing for the day of a secure parliamentarian like Nancy Pelosi, who knows how to run Congress. And right now, Ben, we have one uh, one of our, uh, our branches of government that's completely offline and may be offline for a long, long time. They're going to vote tonight. To, to your point, they're going to these 20. Uh, he needs less than that 20. But these 20 are going to make him get pilloried again and get and lose for the seventh time before because they don't think he's softened up enough to make the deals that they want because they believe that they're in control. Well, um, there's one nay uh, for Republicans. That's what I'm looking at right now. 146 yay, one nay. All of the Democrats in unity voting nay. They want to force the vote. So I keep looking at nay. I'm trying to follow 
um, if those 20 Republicans are going to start falling into that nay category. There's clearly a delay going on in terms of the Republican voting right now. So um, that group, I'm not sure if they voted. To your point, Popak, there was someone who uh, wrote something really funny on Twitter. They said, Kevin McCarthy, and they're quoting Kevin McCarthy. They go, I want to delay the vote for two years when cooler heads prevail and Democrats can retake the House. And there's a lot of truth in that uh, in that it, joke as it, well. It also, besides the chaos that it shows America of what they've elected to run Congress, and I love when they talk about we're the people's house and we're all representatives representing the people. Well, they are on full display now because all eyes are now on this. I mean, if people never watched C-SPAN or CNN before, they're watching it now um, because it's it's so, as, as Karen said, it's so bizarre for our democracy, although it's happened, uh, you know, 100 years ago. But if this is how they're going to run the election of their speaker so that the House can function you can imagine what the next two years is going to be like. And it shows how solidified that the Democrats are. Even Marjorie Taylor Greene had to comment with a little bit of awe at how unified and solidified the Democrats are right now. And, and we look great. Hakeem looks great. He's not going to be the Speaker of the House right now, hopefully when Joe Biden gets reelected. But it, it, it's, it's a contrast. It's a contrast between the chaos on the one side of the aisle and, the, and, the, and just the unifying, galvanizing array on the other side with the Democrats. Um, we showed you the clip of Gates. We showed you the clip of McCarthy. I want to show you the clip now of a Trump spokesperson, Liz Harrington, um, making it clear, it seems, that Trump is done helping Kevin McCarthy. This is Liz Harrington on one of these right-wing echo chamber uh, media outlets, but uh, let's let's uh, play that. He's done what he what he could. Uh, he's voiced his support, his position where it is, and I think now, as we see it play out, we'll have to let the conference, you know, figure it out and go forward. So there you have it. There, it looks like as I see the nays, it looks like one of the nay votes changed to a yay vote. So uh, there is a possibility here that the uh, that group of 20 is going to uh, agree to adjourn. But Throw him a lifeline. He's a drowning man right now. I mean, he is a dr it is embarrassing. I don't care what he's acting like, whistling in the graveyard. It is embarrassing for him and shows how feckless and lack of power he has. And the other loser tonight is Donald Trump. Couldn't agree more with you. And I think the third loser... Uh, as well with every well, all the MAGA are losers, but George Santos. Um, <laughs> and as we watch the count, it's a good time to give a little legal analysis here. But uh, George Santos is now uh, under prosecution, not just in America, <laughs> by local, state and federal prosecutors, but also under criminal uh, investigation or, or criminal prosecution, rather, in Brazil. You tell us about this, Karen or Michael? Character. Yeah. So, I, I, if you want, I can I can sure, start. Sure. Um, sure. So, so George Santos was uh, that what what you're referencing in Brazil is there was a time when he was living in Brazil, and in 2008 he was investigated for. Uh, check fraud. He was 19 years old at the time, and he used a stolen checkbook and a fake name to spend something like $700 in clothes. And he admitted to it. Uh, he admitted to committing this crime. And in 2011, 
fraud charges were brought against him. But at that point, he had already been in the U.S. And so they dropped the case. Brazil dropped the case because they couldn't locate him. They recently have said that they are going to revive the case and, if necessary, try him in absentia. So he has he's going to have to face those charges in Brazil. But in addition to that, there, it has been widely reported that there are inve multiple investigations into all of his various lies, uh, a federal investigation, the um, the Nassau County District Attorney Ann Donnelly, who's a Republican, she is also going to she's also um, started her own investigation, and New York Attorney General Tish James is starting as an investigation into all of his various lies as well. Uh, the the prosecution, you know, his his level of lies, you know, he likes to he likes to say, oh, it's just resume padding. Who doesn't? Uh, who doesn't pad their resume um, and and kind of you know BS a little bit, but but his levels of lies are are nothing short of astounding and really cross a different threshold. He lied about just about everything. I mean, he he lied about his um, his religion. He says he was Jewish, but no, he's Jewish. He lies about, you know, whether that his mother died on 9-11, that there were Holocaust survivors in his in his background, that he graduated from, uh, you know, university, even though he didn't never graduated from university, that he worked for Goldman Sachs, but he never worked for Goldman Sachs. I mean, you know, he, he there are lots and lots and lots and lots of lies uh, that that are just of a different nature and quality than than resume padding, if you will. But the question is. Will that be a crime? And is lying to the public a crime? And that's going to be what uh, the various um, what the various prosecutors are going to have to try and sort through. Because you know, just lying alone is probably not a crime. And you know, at first blush, you say to yourself, "How's that possible?" Right? He he lied to get our votes. He lied to get our you know to get elected to Congress. And so it's not just lying um, for no, you know, and it's not like he didn't get anything from it. But unfortunately, all of our laws require that it you have to lie to get some kind of tangible property or something of value. And so it's going to be very interesting whether the feds can, you know, can prosecute him. And it's it's not going to necessarily be for these lies, the lies that, that make headlines and the lies that we all talk about. What the feds are going to do is they're going to look into his campaign finance uh, documents that he has to file and whether see whether or not he committed campaign finance fraud because he is mandated to file certain financial disclosure statements and um, and that's something you know in order to run for Congress that he's had to do and so for example it, it was reported that in 2020 he disclosed that he was making $55,000 a year in salary and had no assets but then two years later in 2022 he reported that he was making a salary of 750,000 had an apartment in Rio de Janeiro and was worth up to a million dollars and had millions more in dividends and bank accounts now unless he has an explanation for how that happened in two years, that in and of itself might pr 
provide might be false financial disclosures that were filed that he could be prosecuted for. He also had to file. Uh, um, he also had to submit filings to the Federal Election Commission, and because any campaign contribution expenditure that's over two hundred dollars requires an FEC filing, and this is to prevent illegal contributions. And so, if he violated this, he could get up to five years in prison. And you know, it'll just be very interesting. You know, there was a personal loan he gave to his campaign for $700,000. I'm sure they'll look into where does somebody who claimed he had no assets get that kind of money? You know, or did he illegally divert campaign funds for personal use? Those types of things are things they're going to look into. Um, you know, when, when you think about when you can be prosecuted for lying, think about somebody who, you know, sells you fake concert tickets, right? You know, and they're scalping tickets. How come they can be prosecuted for lying to you, but somebody who just, you know, lies to get votes can't? And the reason is you need to get, you need to basically have to be, um, it has to be something that's monetary value or property, and votes aren't either money or property. So, you know, that's going to be the types of things that they're going to look and, at. And, and Karen, and as you go there, I want to I want to just alert all of our viewers. There's 20 seconds right now. There's 18 no votes yet, and Republicans, 18 people have no votes. Let's watch what happens in the next 13 seconds. Let's pull up the uh, C-SPAN floor. Let's watch what happens. If those are going to go to the yays or the nays, pull it up right now. we see two nays if there are six nays on the republican side the uh, there's three nays the adjournment will fail there's three nays right now let's see if that goes up Does any member elect wish to change his vote? Read the change. Off no, on aye for Mr. Gosar. Pandemonium right now on the floor. It's more like kindergarten.
Mr. Jackson of Texas. Mr. Jackson of Texas votes aye. Mrs. Pedersen. Mrs. Pedersen votes no. Stansberry votes no. Ms. Van Dyne. Ms. Van Dyne voted aye. So there you have Republicans celebrating the fact that they called for an adjournment at 8 Eastern and then voted for an adjournment and the adjournment barely passed. It passed by two votes. Popak, I think that at some point you've been a uh, camp counselor back in the day. Were we just watching kindergartners here? Uh, no, I wrote you guys. I said I was a camp counselor for five-year-olds and they were more organized than these guys. I want to ask you a question. Is adjournment the same as adjournment? Is that a, like a parliamentarian thing? Or that's think, how you say uh, it? I, I think that's just how I say <laughs> that's it. That's how you say Popak, it. going back to uh, Karen's analysis on the George Santos uh, situation under criminal investigation, Karen gave us a great analysis there. Um, what's your take on uh, the Santos criminal investigations as yeah. we segue out? And just for those tuning in, and, and Popak, let me just set the sure. context for everybody just watching. We've had a historic 48 hours, not since 1923 have we had a situation where somebody running for speaker did not obtain that on the uh, first roll call vote. We've gone through multiple, 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 multiple roll call votes today, six roll call votes. There was an adjournment called after Kevin McCarthy lost six times before the seventh uh, roll call vote was set to take place. The Republicans asked for the adjournment uh, that that would take place this evening at eight Eastern. They all then arrived. And then the MAGA Republicans, after making everybody go back at eight, then fought with each other over uh, whether or not there would be an adjournment. There had to be a roll call vote over the adjournment, and they are celebrating, I suppose, the fact that they've now adjourned until tomorrow. 
to be very clear, they don't have the votes uh, for Kevin McCarthy. They just simply don't want to go through with more uh, votes this evening uh, where Kevin McCarthy will undoubtedly lose. And uh, with that as background, one of the other pieces of humiliation taking place that for our legal AF purposes, I want to focus on is George Santos. Karen gave a great analysis there. And Michael, want to hear your analysis on Santos as well. Yeah, well, let me take it. I think Karen, as the prosecutor, former prosecutor, did a great job about outlining things. I think he's he's got a major problem in Brazil. It was actually a 2008 charge for stealing somebody's identity and writing a, uh, a fraudulent check and obtaining um, clothing. He They didn't know where to find him until he ran for Congress and became very notorious very quickly. And then the Brazilian uh, prosecutors in Rio de Janeiro woke up and said, hey, that's our George Santos, and let's get him. So now they filed the appropriate paperwork, the letter's rogatory request um, to the Department of Justice. So the Brazilian uh, Ministry of Justice has made a request through the judge to the Department of Justice in order to um, serve uh, uh, George Santos through the Department of Justice with the the bill, uh, whatever it is, the, the bill of prosecution, the indictment. And so that's up and running. I don't know about extradition. Uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, it, 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 it may be barely grand larceny. I mean, how much, how much clothes could he have possibly stolen? But um, it's certainly another badge of dishonor that is, that is quickly being racked up for George Santos while the U.S.-based prosecutors are all looking into it. And I think he's got, as, as Karen laid out, a a fraud problem as it relates to uh, raising money. I mean, I think he raised money under false pretenses, whether you call it theft of honest services or some version of that. You can't tell people you're one thing when you're another and take all their money in, although we've seen Trump do that for years. But I think he's in, pro- he's in, he's in trouble as well. Um, as to um, the question of why is George Santos even there and why is he voting? It's because there's almost no way to remove, there's no eject button to remove uh, representative, still representative elect, but because without a Speaker of the House, they haven't been able to swear anybody in. Apparently under the House rules, they are able to vote, but they're not able to be sworn in. Another weird peculiarity. But George Sa- representative elect George Santos, um, there's no mechanism to remove him uh, automatically because of pending criminal investigations, even based on fraud or an indictment in Brazil or in a foreign country. In fact, only one member of the House has ever been removed because of a felony conviction. There is an impeachment process, but you got to have the numbers for that. There is a process by which he could be referred to the Ethics Committee. And there are Republicans that are, are on record as saying that they will support, including the incoming chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, who has, is, is on record, along with one of the, another leader, as saying they will refer him to the Ethics Committee because you know they want to police their own chamber. The problem is that you see the pressure, you know, you, you've spent all day watching this with our Midas Touch followers, but you see the pressure on McCarthy. McCarthy probably ends up being the Speaker of the House after he sells tonight until 12 tomorrow. He sells his soul and all of his body parts um, in order to get it, because this is a guy who's who's just transparently, uh, um, he just wants this, he just wants this uh, with all his heart and soul, even if he has to give up his entire soul in order to get it. So he's going to be likely the Speaker of the House. All these other theories, I think, don't play out. He's, he's ever so close. He just has to cut like three or four more deals, which he will. Now, once that happens, the, question, the, the, the slim majority that's in the House 
what is it, eight seats, is they're not going to toss Santos out because they know that third district in New York, which uh, actually covered, I think, a place where you and your brothers lived. I grew in up in the third County. congressional district. Right, used to be right. the second, but yep. Right. So you got Long Island and parts of Queens. That's usually reliably Democratic. He 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 fraudulently obtained it by by uh, by all the ways that Karen outlined and all the lies that he made that resonated with one voter or another. 9-11 financial services. I went to Baruch College. I'm Jewish. I'm not Jewish. I'm um, I'm gay. I'm straight. I mean, you know, I'm surprised he didn't he didn't get every vote in that district, but he won't. And then and and uh, if there's a recall election or a new election there, a special election, um, it's going to go Democrat. And they're worried about that. So that's the problem. And there's no other way to get rid of the guy. I mean, a felon can serve in the House of Representatives under the Constitution, and there's nothing the American people can do about it. It was funny. I, all I could think of today when the chaos was happening with Kevin McCarthy was the, the person having the best day is George Santos because all the attention <laughs> is being deflected away from him. All the news was about him. And, and usually the election of a speaker is such a boring pro forma thing. And uh, and all the news was going to be all about the more lies and the more grift of George Santos. So I, I think he's having a great day today because. Well, you know, I disagree with you. About- <laughs> I just I just I disagree with you, but I think it's all relative from where the, the depths where Kevin McCarthy is, because we've been showing videos all day of George Santos hiding in the cloakroom, picking his boogers, looking just, you know, you know, doing some weird stuff. He's been all of the media has been grilling him and asking questions. He looks utterly flustered. Where Nobody is he living? Wants- Nobody Where's he, wants living? To Where's he living, Ben? Freshmen, freshmen don't have a lot of money. Freshman Congress people, and they can't use campaign funds. Even him, he's, especially he's a, now. He didn't, you didn't hear Popak? He's a billionaire. No. Oh, that's he's where he's living. Okay. <laughs> he's, okay. He's, he's got three mansions all over. All, somebody, all in somebody, check the Greyhound bus station tonight in D.C. I want to talk about the legal effect, though, of the fact that there is no speaker uh, being selected and what can and can't be done because we basically because there is no speaker we have the clerk who's done an incredible job you know presiding over uh this chaos right now so we're kind of in this purgatory if you will between the 117th congress and the 118th congress you may reflect back um, prior to the democrats taking back control of the house of representatives in 2018 it was another situation of complete MAGA Republican dysfunction and shutting the government down and not being able to do anything and fighting over, you know, Trump's wall and Trump claiming Mexico was going to pay for it. And, you know, that's how the Republicans exited, um, come back in stage left and basically, in essence, shutting down our government again, stopping the House of Representatives from doing its work. Because the House of Representatives, right, Michael, can't engage in its business as usual or business at all while this is taking place. And so our you know, this is what President Biden said earlier. It's like this hasn't happened in 100 years. Our country's trying to rebound from the chaos that you threw us into on um, January 6th. We've, we're, we're trying to build back our stability. And now you're throwing us into this. Think about how we look internationally 
So would uh, would love to hear your thoughts there, yeah. Popak and Karen, and how this is affecting us legally. And I love the split screen today, and you were doing your when you were doing your live commentary, um, and it was just masterful by Biden. You got the split screen of Biden with McConnell at that bridge talking about infrastructure and the and the billions of dollars that are going to go to fix that bridge at the moment that they can't even on there at that moment at the sixth ballot pick a speaker of the house it just showed such a tremendous juxtaposition of leadership and courage versus what's going on here but here's the law right we're we're legal af on this one <clears throat> without a speaker of the house and and the and the constitution in article 1 has like one sentence you need to pick a speaker that's it there's no other guidance. There's no other law. There's no other requirements. The Speaker of the House doesn't even have to be an elected member of Congress. They could reach out and go grab somebody else, hopefully not named Donald Trump, and make him, poof, or her, miraculously the Speaker of the House. That's how that works. But until there's a Speaker of the House and they pass the rules, uh, this rules bundle, this rules package that comes with the Speaker of the House, they are completely immobilized. They are offline. This Congress does not exist in the, in the sense that they cannot transact any business at all. There are no committees. There are no chairs. There No work can be performed. No legislation can be passed. No bills can be proposed until there is a Speaker of the House. That's how important. It's one of the only positions that's mentioned by name in the U.S. Constitution. And even though there, there's not a lot of language around it, you have to have one in order to run the House of Representatives. We never really thought about that before because we've always had a functioning, a functioning House and a functioning selection of um, a speaker on first ballot. You have to go back to 1923 where it took nine ballots. He's getting awfully close to nine ballots, uh, Mr. McCarthy. Nine ballots in three days. I'm getting close to that, too, to select the speaker then. And then you got to go back to 1885, where it took four months, Ben, four months to, to pick the Speaker of the House, meaning the House was offline for four months. So what happens in the meantime? They can meet, but they can't do anything official. The last ranking member of the committee from the 117th Congress is uh, the Republican, is the chair for now, but they can't do anything. And the House, uh, we're learning about all these new positions. You and I like to laugh about who knew the position, who the National Archivist. There is a chief administrative officer for the House, and he has issued a, uh, a, a bundle of rules that has said he's drawn a line in the sand. If by January 13th they don't get a speaker, then they can't fund anything, and all the staff have to go on on a hiatus. They have to like fire the staff because they can't fund it by the 13th. Now, I don't think anybody on this podcast thinks they're going to stretch it out to the 13th, but if they did, that's it. They've got to pass the House Rules Package, or they can't govern. They can't do that until they have the speaker. And in the meantime, everybody might be wondering, who is that very nice lady with a gavel who we keep seeing every time Ben cuts away to the C-SPAN um, feed. She is the presiding officer of the entire chamber. And if she's not there, it's, she's the clerk. She's the clerk for the last Congress. She's the 117th Congress's clerk. And she holds that gavel as if she were the speaker until there's a speaker she can pass it to. And if she has to take a break, it's the sergeant at, sergeant at arms. And then the last bit of a domino effect of not having a speaker is that this, the line of succession to the president just got changed because normally the speaker of the house is is uh, third in line to the is second in line to the president after the vice president. 
that it's the Speaker of the House, that it's the Senate, uh, the president of the Senate Tempore. Well, there's no speaker. So the Democratic Senate president, Tempore, is now right behind Kamala Harris in the succession line to Joe Biden, if anything, God forbid, were to happen. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you for breaking that down, Public. I want to show the clip that you were referencing of President Biden before turning it over to Karen to get her thoughts on some of the legal ramifications we should be focused on here. But let's play this clip of President Biden speaking to the press and talking about how what the MAGA Republicans doing here. And while we all have this Scheidenfreude kind of seeing their humiliation, seeing the chaos, uh, having the popcorn and kind of watching this collectively is great. This is humiliating. You know, this is destructive to our democracy. And what President Biden links this to the January 6th insurrection, he's so right because the world was looking at us in January's after January 6th and saying, is this even a functioning democracy? And President Biden worked incredibly hard to restore our standing internationally and improve our standing internationally. And now the world sees this. They see these performative MAGA extremists, wannabe fascists who are so incompetent they can't even select their own leader. Let's play this clip of President Biden from earlier in the day. To the world. We're finally coming out of, you know, the first time we're really getting through the whole issue relating to January 6th. Things are settling out. And now, for the first time in 100 years, you can't move. I mean, I really mean it. I know you know international relations. It's not a good look. It's not a good thing. It's the United States of America. And I hope they get their act together. And what's going to happen if there is no speaker for a week or a month? What's the impact? Okay. Karen, what are your thoughts from the legal perspective here of what the Republicans are doing to our democracy, to our just the, the, the basic systems, the institutions? These people call themselves conservative. They're anything but conservative because they're not conserving our institutions. They're destroying our institutions. What do you make of all of this? Karen, you're on mute. I think this is I think this is really dangerous because it's one thing to have a Republican Congress and to have a conservative Congress, you know, in the majority. But what what Kevin McCarthy is going to be doing in the next 24 hours, as as Popak and you were saying, is he's going to be making deals with people and the deals he's going to be making and, and the people he's going to be making deals with are these ultra right MAGA extremists and I know you're saying he is also extremely right, far right. Well, these other individuals are even further to the right. And what's going to happen is he's going to agree to give them these committee positions. And that is power. When you're in the House of Representatives, who you, what committee you sit on, who's the chair of that committee, that equals power. Those are the people who decide, for example, what legislation even gets to reach the House floor for a vote. What legislation will even will even get there so that there will be so that so that there will be um, new laws passed in this ultra right 
agenda. And I am just terrified about what this means to our country, where you're going to have, if, if this happens, to get himself elected, because as you said, he really, 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 really wants it. He, this is, you know, he, so he'll do anything to get this position. He's going to make deals with people who are going to take our country so far to the right legislatively that it's scary. And not only that, don't forget that they also are going to, you know, all, all of what they can do in terms of investigations and hearings, et cetera. You know, this ultra-right extremist Congress people have just this agenda that they are going to uh, attempt to bring this country so far to the right. It worries me in terms of, of laws that they're going to try to pass. Karen, want to uh, thank you for that analysis right there. And uh, we have a lot more to discuss here on Legal AF. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button right now on our YouTube channel. We're on our way to 1 million subscribers. It is free to subscribe. We are 100% independent. We are 100% accountable to you. Uh, Michael Popak, tell us about our partner, Green Chef, before we go to more news. I'm really happy about this one, Ben. we got a new sponsor to help keep our show rolling in 2023. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices make keeping a healthy lifestyle even easier. Put the time you save on meal prep towards achieving your 2023 goals. The Republicans should take a look at that. Green Chef has options for every lifestyle, keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. And Green Chef's recipes feature organic produce, premium proteins, and sustainably sourced ingredients. Raise your food standards in 2023 and reap the flavor benefits. Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. They offset 100% of their carbon footprint, as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. I personally enjoy learning about and using Green Chef's meal kits. It took the thinking out of healthy and tasty meal making on days when my family is pressed for time running 100 miles per hour in the opposite direction. We started off with the Mediterranean set, with menus changing every week, and with our discounts, it came to about $5.40 a meal. We had uh, last week roasted chicken with lemon crema, and the next day we tried the pecan-crusted sustainable sockeye salmon. That's a mouthful, and it was really tasty. Reduce waste, that's a, that's a focus of, uh, of uh, the sponsor of Green Chef. It's environmentally friendly, and it helps you kick off healthy living for 2023. And Ben and I and Karen have negotiated a terrific discount for first-time customers of 60%. Go to greenchef.com slash legalaf60 and get 60% off free shipping. Free shipping. That's greenchef, G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot com slash legalaf60, L-E-G-A-L-A-F-60 and get 60% off free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. One of the strange developments, Popak, that was breaking right before uh, the 8 p.m. adjournment that then led to another <laughs> adjournment was that these two super PACs, one Club for Growth and the other the Congressional Leadership uh, Fund, uh, had cut a major deal 
with each other. The Congressional Leadership Fund is backed by McCarthy, um, where the Congressional Leadership Fund would stop spending money in safe open seat primaries with Republican candidates, which was apparently something that the opposition led by Gates was focused on. And it's being reported as this deal is a breakthrough where two super PACs were involved in cutting a deal uh, for the Speaker of the House based on not challenging Republicans in open primaries that Everything they say is like they go, oh, is the swamp this, the swamp that. I, it, it's like alphabet soup, what I just said, you know, and, and even as I look at it, I have to like read that multiple times and go, what the heck are they talking about? What, that, that, that was one of the major issues. So we'll see if that's a breakthrough at all. But I want to share with all the people watching this again, just a reminder. Uh, this is what Matt Gates had said just before. The uh, adjournment uh, started or the, this new adjournment commenced that led to the current adjournment that we have. I know it's a little bit confusing, but uh, it was adjourned until eight Eastern tonight. But this is what Matt Gates said as he left the speaker's office where Kevin McCarthy is squatting. And Gates was very clear. I mean, Gates said, I am never voting Kevin McCarthy. We are never putting Kevin McCarthy. If we've got that clip, let's play that clip right now just to remind everyone what transpired earlier before what just took place. In some way to try to divide our conference. But look, he's a desperate guy whose vote share is dropping with every subsequent vote. And I'm ready to vote all night, all week, all month, and never for that person. So I tell you what, when he comes out and heads back to his squatting in the speaker's office, which why is he even allowed to be there? Like, is there some basis in law or statute or rule for someone who comes in second place in six consecutive speaker races to be able to? And Mark Elias, the uh, super lawyer for the Democratic Party, and more than just the Democratic Party for democracy, he just commented, did I miss something or did two Republican super PACs just cut a deal to try to make McCarthy the Speaker of the House? That doesn't exactly sound uh, legitimate. Or <laughs> it sounds like that's fraught with issues there. Um, Karen, overall observations of tonight so far, what should people be focused on? When you say things like two Republican super PACs joined together and <laughs> cut a deal, it feels, it reminds me of like when ISIS and Al Qaeda come together and, you know, make some kind of deal together. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Uh, I, look, like I said, I'm, I'm very concerned that, that this is going to empower there there's this this small group relatively speaking of extreme right maga republicans who are now going to have an outsized power in the house because of this power play that they're doing and they are going to pull whoever the speaker is so far to the right to get themselves onto really important committees and and they are going to be the ones who hold the key to what even gets voted on in what gets to the House floor. So I am concerned by this. I know I, I think they'll have a speaker soon, but this power play is going to pull the 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 House way further to the right and give these the small group of individuals um, an outsized power. 
in, in well, the House. We, we already, the, the rules package that was already proposed by the Republicans before all this chaos and pandemonium happened would allow five of these Republicans to have a no confidence vote and oust the speaker. And so we know that there's more than five. We know that there is 20, at least 20, maybe 21. Uh, there was one individual who voted, voted present, a Republican from Indiana. And so I think the bigger story that's really not being discussed here is that this could be happening like every day for the next two years. You know, in, in assuming Kevin McCarthy even gets the speakership in three or four days, they could say, you know what, you're out. And, this and is they like probably the, do that. This is going to be like the Italian government. We're going to have a new prime minister, you know, every. Well, this is what we're seeing. We're just not used to it. Karen alluded to it earlier about a parliamentarian process in countries like the UK or really throughout Europe when you have to make the devil's bargain with different parties in order to hold on to power. We see it in Israel with the Knesset. We see it in, in, in Parliament in order for somebody to get power and to rule. And that's what Kevin McCarthy is going to have to do. He's going to have to make devil's bargains, some of which are going to be both counterintuitive and also hazardous to his health as a speaker. And he'll never last. This is the difference between the Iron Lady that was um, Nancy Pelosi, who ruled with an iron fist, and, people, and she got a lot of flack for that. But we had discipline as a Democratic Party, and we, we legislated. I mean, one of the voters yesterday during one of the rounds, Ben, you and I joked about, one of the Republicans stood up almost sheepishly and said, I vote for Kevin McCarthy because I have an interest in legislating, in governing. So, you know, the rest of these 20, look, a lot of them would like to disband Congress, they, were, they think that they were sent to Congress in order to shrink it, in order to shrink government, in order to, they'd love for Congress to be disbanded. But I just can't believe the people from their home districts sent them there to do this. You're supposed to be doing the people's business. And I don't care how right wing and red your district is. They, they can't be happy and satisfied with this unless you just want to see a pound of flesh taken out of uh, Kevin McCarthy's hide, which, by the way, it couldn't happen to a nicer person or a nicer party. Well, and speaking about a flesh out of Kevin McCarthy's hide, let's <laughs> play this clip this evening from uh, Tucker Carlson's show and what he's saying about Kevin McCarthy. Let's play this clip. ...of simple electoral math, something that Kevin McCarthy is highly familiar with since he does this for a living. At this point, as of right now, facing that mathematical reality, Kevin McCarthy has two choices. He can either step aside and let somebody else do the job, acknowledging in the process that he is not the only person in Congress capable of being speaker, or he can try and win over the people who oppose him, as you traditionally do in elections. Oh, you've got reservations about Kevin McCarthy? You don't want to be ruled by a man who wears a Ukrainian flag lapel pin and lives with Frank Luntz? No problem. We get it. Let us tell you how he's better than you think he is. Let us try and change your mind. Let us try to convince you. In a normal race, that's what you would do. But that is not what Kevin McCarthy's team is doing. Instead, like the left, they purport to oppose. They're using threats and fear to force people to support the candidate. Anyone who opposes Kevin McCarthy, one of his surrogates explained today, is, quote, an enemy, a, quote, terrorist. That's their message. In a moment, we'll tell you. That is their message. Um, 
obviously everything Tucker Carlson said was complete garbage and he's a complete fascist traitor and uh, everything he says is always anti-Ukraine. It's always spreading Putin propaganda. But the one thing that I think is accurate there is that Kevin McCarthy and his team are calling Matt Gates and people they're trying to win over. They're publicly calling them traitors and terrorists and, and calling them names like that. And there is part of it, and I'm not trying to give Kevin McCarthy advice here, but when you call out these people who are so self-absorbed and so egotistical and who will destroy our constitution because they never made it as a celebrity or whatever they want to be, or they want a podcast presence or whatever it is that they're doing. And you call them out publicly and say they're traitors or they're not real Americans. And you're trying to negotiate with them. The result that's always going to flow is what you saw from Matt Gates there. It also looks like um, Donald Trump is withdrawing his. I mean, not that he he comes out looking incredibly weak today because when he put out his statements, he said that he was first he was like on the fence about supporting Kevin McCarthy yesterday. This is what he said yesterday. Then I'll show you what he said today. This, so, by the way, so, this is this is so pithy, right? This one paragraph of rambling by a madman. Rambling, rantings and ravings of a <laughs> of a complete mad person who living right. in a weird resort in, in Florida. I mean, it's really strange, strange, weird stuff. But yeah. Trump said yesterday after the debacle, after three failed roll call votes for Kevin McCarthy, Trump says there's so much unnecessary turmoil in the Republican Party in large part to in large part due to people like the old broken crow Mitch McConnell his wife Coco Chow who is a sellout to China and their rhino allies who make it difficult for everyone else by constantly capitulating to hopeless Joe Biden and the Democrats the 1.7 trillion dollar new green deal green new deal booster that McConnell and the rhinos handed to the Dems last week was a real downer an embarrassment to Republicans blaming the spending bill and that that was a downer on the reason and being a racist by the way elaine oh, chow's nickname is not xenophobe. elaine chow's nickname is not coco and a, a complete xenophobic racist mm -hmm. misogynist and this is what donald trump put out earlier this morning before uh kevin mccarthy actually lost support after this post trump said some really good conversations took place last night and it's now time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin, close the deal, take the victory, and watch crazy Nancy Pelosi fly back home to a very broken California. The only speaker in U.S. history to have lost the House twice. Republicans do not turn a great triumph into a giant embarrassment defeat. It's time to celebrate. You deserve it. Kevin McCarthy will do a good job and maybe even a great job. Just watch. Kevin McCarthy lost support after that uh, social media post by him. And I think Donald Trump forgets that Kevin McCarthy... Uh, lives in California, that he represents a district in California, by the way, a district with the highest crime in California, the highest homicide rate in California, and uh, among these cities with the highest crime in the entire United States is Kevin McCarthy's district in Bakersfield. And then after that, this is what Trump's spokesperson, this is what Liz Harrington said uh, today. Let's play this clip just before. He's done what he, what he could. Uh, he's voiced his support, his position where it is. And I think now, as we see it play out, we'll have to let the conference, you know, figure it out and go forward. So utterly cowardly there. And as we're speaking about Donald Trump, you did a hot take on this Popak. And Karen, I want to get your view, because amongst those posts, he's back engaging in this in this heinous 
defamatory conduct against Ruby Freeman, her family, um, uh, the Georgia election workers who Giuliani spread all of these vile and racist conspiracy theories about, destroyed their lives. These individuals experienced death threats. Ruby Friedman and her mother did gave an incredible uh, presentation before the January 6th committee. And you saw how Rudy Giuliani um, really just made these despicable, despicable lies. They filed defamation lawsuits. They've settled one. They still have a case pending. Popak and Karen, this still yeah. is legal AF. If you can break down the legal ramifications, I think there's going to be a, a possible a defamation lawsuit against Trump. He's not cloaked mm -hmm. with any of the immunity. I, th I think we're going to see a defamation lawsuit filed soon. What about let, you? Let me throw. Let me throw it. Let me let me do one minute, and then I'll throw it over to Karen. <clears throat> Here's the problem with Donald Trump in attacking Ruby Freeman again and lying about her and her mother about um, and to remind everybody, or if you don't know, Ruby Freeman and her mother were volunteer election workers in Cobb County, Georgia, literally were not paid. And all they did on election day was help with the vote count and and the rest of the things that election workers do when they're inside of a precinct. That's all they did. And they did it appropriately. And and there are in that process, and I've, I've, I've witnessed that process in Florida, you have locked black suitcase, uh, suitcases where you take counted votes and you lock them away so they're not double counted. And there's transfer of ballots that happen normally, piles of ballots that get moved from processing in the processing stage into the voting, if it's an optical reader, an optical reader. All that is completely legitimate. But to Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump with a slice and dice video that they used, that they try to present to Georgia election officials, they made it look like something nefarious was going on when it was just innocent, normal vote counting. They acted like there was the secret a suitcase underneath their table that Ruby and her mother were accessing for ballots to turn the tide and the election for Biden. False, fraudulent, defamatory, and libelous. Um, they even claimed that they passed back and forth a, US, uh, a USP drive, a thumb drive, um, which they said, you know, back to their whole theory about Dominion voting machines, somehow corrupted the software and turned Trump votes into Biden votes. Well, when you look closely at the video, which a law enforcement has done, including the state of Georgia. It is a breath mint package that's being passed between mother and daughter. So they're not public figures. They have the right to privacy and they were defamed. So they filed a suit in Washington, D.C. And the presiding judge here is really important. The presiding judge over the case of Ruby and her mother against what was then AON, no, OAN, a right wing media network, and Rudy Giuliani for their statements about her is before Beryl Howell, the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit Court, who, it, who it, part of her day job is supervising all of the grand juries who are, who are looking to prosecute Donald and indict Donald Trump. So she's heard a lot of evidence against Donald Trump, and I'm sure she has formed some opinions. She's already formed opinions about Ruby Freeman, to her, to her credit, to her favor, in ruling against Rudy Giuliani in a motion to dismiss and outlining all the reasons Rudy Giuliani is a cooked goose, a cooked duck when it comes to um, the allegations against them, basically suggesting that he should try to settle the case. OAN already settled the case with them. But that didn't stop Donald Trump on a slow news day before the whole McCarthy voting debacle in going after Ruby Friedman again 
this time directly, not through a henchman, not through Rudy Giuliani, in one of his truth social posts or several of his truth social posts saying that she lied under oath, that this is corruption, that this is fraudulent ballots. We're back to the black bag under the desk again. I mean, all the stuff that had already been debunked by law enforcement, cybersecurity, Donald Trump's own attorney general, Donald Trump's own White House counsel, which means he has no no defense to this. This is not opinion. This is straight defamation. And if I'm Ruby Freeman's lawyers, and I'm sure they're going to do it, they're now going to sue Donald Trump in front of Beryl Howell, the judge that may be in charge of his indictment and prosecution. In the same year where we have E. Jean Carroll's defamation lawsuit and civil rape lawsuit in federal court that's in the Southern District of New York going to trial uh, this April, it looks like. Um, Karen, want to get your take on this potential defamation case? And he, he's just defaming everyone. He just wants to be he just wants to be sued by everybody at this point. Yeah, look, it's this this really makes me sad. You know, Ruby Shea Moss was the election employee, but Ruby Freeman was her mother, who was the volunteer who you know, there's a few ways you can serve the public in this in in our society, right? You could serve as a juror, you know, and, and do do your jury duty. You can be an election worker, you know, and I'm talking not about like public service, like jobs, like, you know, police officers or joining the military. I'm talking about just times in your life when when you can truly do your civic duty by volunteering. And Ruby Freeman is one of these heroes, frankly, that allows our system to function because every, you know, having election workers is not a full-time, it's not a full-time position, right? But every time there's an election, you need people, you need the Ruby Freemans of the world to volunteer and to give their time and to come and, and do this so that our democracy can, can uh, continue on and can function. And, and this woman who volunteered her time so that we can have a democratic election, the thing that, that allows this country to be this country. And because all she was doing was what the job entailed, She's got the former president of the United States coming out and saying some pretty vicious, vile, horrible things about her and her daughter. And everybody has taught, you know, everybody has has debunked everything that he has said. And it's all lies. It's all been completely uh, debunked at this point. And yet the fact that on Monday night on Truth Social, you've got Donald Trump once again, just in all caps, you know, this this rant the screed about poor Ruby Freeman once again. And, you know, they were like 20 minutes apart. I think there was three different tweets. It was the middle of the night. It was like midnight that he's that he's doing these all caps, you know, kind of screeds. And I've read them over and over again. And they make no sense. There is there is nothing in these are like run on sentences that make no sense. I mean, I, I actually question his his mental ability because I can't even understand what he's saying about her. But he's once again perpetuating this lie that he knows is a lie that's been debunked over and over and over again. And this is the time 
you know, uh, where unlike George Santos, where, you know, the First Amendment may protect some of his lies, believe it or not, when you defame someone, especially a private citizen like Ruby, Ruby Freeman, who's not a public figure, lying about her and lying about her to the detriment of what she has said that she has undergone, the damages that she has that she has um, incurred as a result of these lies. I think she's got an excellent defamation case, and I think he just added another count of def defamation on Monday night, perpetuating these lies. I mean, it's one thing to say it once, and, and you think that it might have been true, but once it's been proven over and over again through, through investigations, through videotapes, et cetera, to be a lie, and that he continues to perpetuate it, I think she's got an excellent defamation case against Donald Trump, and I hope she adds this count uh, to, to, her, to her complaint. Well, and he no longer can try to claim any basis of immunity that he could when he was the president. Obviously, we think that he shouldn't be able to make those immunity claims. Uh, the immunity claim he made against uh, E. Jean Carroll is being litigated in a Washington, D.C. Court of Appeals, uh, which is their highest court in D.C. But we're going to see how ultimately that plays out there, but it's almost irrelevant because he then defamed E. Jean Carroll again when he was a private citizen. Um, so there is no basis to claim the immunity through a certain piece of legislation where it grants sovereign immunity to uh, the United States government and its officials acting in the course of scope. And without getting into it, because it's a little bit complicated here, it would function to dismiss the defamation case against Trump if it's indeed in his course and scope of employment and if he was acting as a government official at the time. That issue against E. Jean Carroll back from the defamatory conduct while he was in office, that's being litigated, but he took to Truth Social and then defamed E. Jean Carroll on his social media platform. No immunity there. Um, same thing here when it comes to Ruby Freeman. No immunity here uh, at all. Um, and you're right. She's a private citizen. She's not a public figure. The threshold would be uh, easier to bring that case. All right. I'm seeing in the YouTube chat room, though, uh, lots of people talking about George Santos Everyone is is having a great deal of fun with that. So I got to just show you the George Santos clips right now. Let me just show you this clip from yesterday, though. Karen, this was to your point where you say, maybe, maybe it's all relative uh, as compared to McCarthy. Santos is doing a little better, but let's watch Santos walking through the halls, getting peppered with questions by the press, by popular demand from the legal AFers. Here you go. Your constituents. Do you feel like you're qualified to serve in this Congress right now? How do you hope your constituents can trust you, even though that you've misrepresented your biography to them? What's your response to calls for a House ethics investigation by Nicola Oda? Do you have any statements about your campaign and how you hope to govern? Do you hope to carry out your full term? What can you say to reassure your constituents that you'll do what you said you were going to do on your campaign trail, given the concerns that have come up about statements you've made in the last few months? Not exactly someone having a 
uh, good day there. I want to show you this other clip too. Do we have the one salty where he got up and voted uh, under the <laughs> under, wrong? Yeah, I'm not ahead. sure if we have this clip. Salty under the, the wrong name, did, which is totally voted. appropriate and ironic. Let's see if we got that clip. And and if Salty is looking for that clip, let's show the clip of him walking in the hallways though right now, <laughs> um, back to his office. Let's play this clip. Do you have any statements to your constituents? Do you have any statements to your constituents? Are you copying your position, sir? Sir, are you copying your position? Sir. He didn't know his office because he doesn't know his name. He doesn't really know. Is he George Santos? Is he not George Santos? <laughs> I mean, this is the Republican Party. This is the Republican Party in 2023. You voted you for that. it. You got, you got it. This, this is who the Republican Party is. want to remind everyone, hit the subscribe button. And if you're not subscribed to the Midas Touch YouTube channel, it's free. What are you doing? Make sure you spread the word as well to friends, family, colleagues, co-workers. We are 100% independent, 100% unapologetically pro-democracy. We don't both sides the issues. And we're not funded by any outside investors at all the same way the billionaires and decamillionaires fund the large media networks not here. We're 100% accountable to you. And the way we do that is through our Patreon membership. So if you go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Midas Touch. Join one of the membership tiers. There's lots of exclusive content you can only get at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. There's even a feature where you can become an honorary producer of the Midas Touch podcast I do with my younger brothers. Your name appears on the podcast. You get a poster commemorating that you are an honorary producer. There's other membership tiers where you get postcards. There's so much more there, but most importantly, help grow this independent media platform. Independent media is more important now than ever. Be a part of the Movement. Well, you're a part of the movement no matter what. But if you can support it, no worries if you can't. But if you can, go to patreon.com slash Midas Touch and check out store.midastouch.com for the best unapologetically pro democracy gear, including legal AF gear. Go to store.midastouch.com, gear up and popak. I want to talk just, we, I love our sponsor for today and 60% off. I love their tacos. I'm a big fan of their tacos. <laughs> just let everybody know the 60% yeah. offer again because yeah. it's a really good deal um, that yeah. we take advantage of, and I want our listeners and viewers to, to try it and take advantage of it. Absolutely. Kick off healthy living for 2023. Go to greenchef.com slash legalaf60. That's G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F.com slash legalaf60. And as Ben just said, you'll get 60% off plus free shipping. Six zero, Karen Friedman Agnifilo. I'll give you the final word. I just want to say how much I love our followers and listeners and the people who are joining the live chat tonight. They, I'm reading the comments and they're actually making me laugh out loud. Just they're going on and on about things. You know, Santos is an all-time leading NBA rebounder. Santos climbed Everest without oxygen. You know, Santos taught Ben had a you know his law school class. I mean, it's just you know I I it you gotta laugh. You know, and 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 maybe maybe it's too soon and it's sad because this guy is in Congress. But I have to say uh i have to say just in days like today that 
that are, are so depressing with, you know, when you see that someone like George Santos can be elected to Congress and you see what's going to happen to, to our Congress, to our beautiful House of Representatives, it's going to be pulled so far to the right. I just want to thank everyone for making me laugh and bring a little bit of levity uh, to the evening because that, that always makes my day. During our coverage of this MAGA debacle, too, the people in the chat would put clown emojis and puke emojis and poop emojis and popcorn emojis, depending on the speaker, and it would just be flooded with those emojis. It was incredible, but I want to bring that interactivity to the community. To your point, Karen, uh, we are nothing without the Midas Mighty community to all the legal efforts out there. This is not just some media network. This is a true community, truly grassroots. And whenever I get asked, well, how'd you do this? How'd you build it? I go, I did nothing. You know, we started off with one or five or 10 people watching. It was lots of our family members. And then slowly but surely, the Midas Touch community, this unapologetically pro-democracy, impassioned community all joined together and started saying, look, we need independent media. We need to call fascists fascists. We can't both sides. And the entire identity of this media network is because of the hard work, the passion, the dedication of everybody watching, everybody listening, everybody spreading the word. This is a true movement, and you're the ones who are leading this movement. I'm just so grateful that I could work hard each and every day to try to make you who are watching this and you who are listening to this proud. So thank you from the bottom of all of our hearts here at Legal AF. want to thank you all for watching this special crossover edition of the Midas Touch meets Legal AF, a very successful one as well, managed to integrate legal analysis with the events that transpired today in a fairly seamless manner. Thank you, Michael Popak. Thank you, Karen Friedman Agnifilo. And thank you all to the Legal AFers and Midas Mighty. We'll see you next time on Legal AF. I'm Ben Mycellus. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.